Thanks for tuning in to the Dope Vision Experience Podcast. I really appreciate you clicking that button and checking out this podcast. This episode of The Shot, Season 3, Episode 5. We've been now been wondering how long we're going to go with uh, seeing Keisha not being on the screen. So we hope this episode that we can actually figure out where's Keisha, what's going on, because she has been the big focal point of the show. If you haven't been watching this season, I really highly suggest you go back and catch up because right now we're on season three, episode five. We've lost two of our main characters and the show is still trying to grow and still trying to get his understanding and build these backstories. So if you haven't had a chance to watch the show, I highly suggest you go back because these are going to probably be some spoilers for the show for you. So you can't just hop into this episode and not be spoiled, not hear a spoiler because this is going to be the episode where some of the spoilers are going to come out. So I'm just letting you know ahead of time before you actually continue to listen to this. So if you haven't watched episode five please stop listening right now watch the episode and then come back and play and play this episode back and so we can actually you know talk about this together and see how this this show is going to continue to unfold so with that i go ahead and get the podcast get the podcast started like i said always find your lighters pull up if you're at the gym turn me up and let's get it Thank you for sticking around to the Dove Vision Experience Podcast. It's your boy, Frank Nitty. I have a spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. If you haven't watched the episode, this is a spoiler alert. Keisha is not dead. We finally found Keisha. We now see, have seen her face. We haven't seen her since she got kidnapped. We didn't know if she was dead. Episode four kind of made her seem like she was dead. We still had hope. We just didn't know where Keisha was. We had to figure out where she was. Now they finally shown us where Keisha is. Keisha is being kidnapped and being held captive in some basement somewhere in Chicago. And they have her in the basement and she's been tied up. She's in the room. She's been, you know, she's been fed by some random guy. They, they haven't showed her. We know that there's a black guy that's kind of feeding her food. He has her in the basement and he's have, he's watching her on the camera. And she notices that she's kind of moving around the room. She's in a, she goes to use the bathroom in the next room in, in one of those pans and she knows there's a, a pan there's a there's a, a camera in the other room watching her as well so there's someone on the other end of the feed this guy is watching her from all her every moves without the room so we now know keisha is not dead we don't know who the guy who actually kidnapped her but i have some thoughts who could possibly i think they've actually shown this guy at some point it could have been that runner guy they just showed a black guy with his arm so we don't know exactly who who this guy was i think it possibly could be the guy who you know handed them the the fly who who Emmett handed the flyer to back when keisha first went missing and he was running he had air parts in his out of his ear but i could be wrong because they didn't show him so now we know that keisha's not dead that's the big spoiler alert so if you have have listened to this and I'll spoil this for you. Oh, well, I told you before, if you haven't watched the episode, don't click on it. So we continue to go on with the episode as we know that Trig and the money, they're trying to get Jake back and then now the social service lady has popped up to the house and they're trying to do an assessment of the house and they're having tension between the, the social worker and the money and Trig and he's in the house and she, the, the social worker is just kind of like egging him along like, hey, you need to fix this outlet. And then he's like, why you know, is this an outlet, blah, blah, blah. And they're going back and forth. But you can see that, you know, Trigger's being actually, um, he's been upset with the social worker because he, cause he feels like you know, to her that she's kind of being anal about some small thing, which I'm kind of tripping about. Why, why are you worried about a outlet when the, young, when the boy Jake is like, 
14, 15 years old. He's out in the street hustling. He's been out in the street hustling, and you're talking about a a um a a, a wall socket. Like, come on, lady, you you're tripping. This is not a toddler that he's trying to adopt and try to get back in the family. This is a 15, 14, 15 year old boy. He's he's almost a man now. You're tripping about an outlet. So you know, Trigger's kind of upset about that. You know, she kind of tells him that asks her about the the girlfriend. He he's, he calls her his wife, and she asks him, Are they married? He's like, No, but we're going to get married. So she say, oh, It's your living girlfriend. And they basically have to figure out what she's doing. She's like, oh, you work? She's like, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I do hair. I'm, she's like, do you have your license? No, I don't have a license. I'm working on getting my license. So she's kind of giving her the rundown, like the things that they need to have in order to be running a an establishment, established business out of the home. She needs to have a license, thing like that, in order to have, you know, the adoption process to kind of go through. So he's all upset about that. And then that kind of gets the money kind of worked up a little bit. And so you kind of see a little bit along along the scenes after the the social worker leave, you know, money. It's kind of you know you come back and see a money's packing her bags and she's trying to get ready to go. And he's like coming, Jake's not Jake, and Jake's brother Trick comes in. He's like, hey, what are you doing? Like, what's going on? Why why are you packing your bags? Why are you leaving? And she's like, hey, if you want to, you know, I think it's best for me to leave. You know, you're trying to get Jake. I don't want to harm your harm your chances. And this is where we kind of get a backstory about money, because we didn't really know much about money. We just found out that money was a was a transgender person on the show. She was. The first transgender person on the show so we kind of get the backstory and what's going on with her and where she comes from so he goes and he talks to her and they sit down she was like hey when i was young i was 16 my dad caught me in drag and he was basically you know he was upset and he was fierce with me and he attacked me and one thing led to another you know it was basically going to be him or me and so they didn't say she didn't go ahead and go through with the situation saying what exactly happened that he killed her but we just assumed that he possibly she possibly killed her dad because the police came and they charged her self-defense because she said that they saw the bruises around her neck and so that is her scary backstory that she thinks is going to run uh, jake off but jake's like he don't care about that you know that happened a long time ago that's not you know that's not going to hurt our chance and if it does we don't give a fuck because i'm all in i'm all in with you so that's how we feel as you know as the story continues to unfold then we kind of see that you know the kids you know kevin papa and jake and now that they're gonna try to go out and see this go on this adventure and try to go to this you know this abandoned building or the hunt house or whatever they think is hunted and they're actually inviting more people with them so papa has invited Maisha over and then you know Kev has basically invited his want-to-be girlfriend Gemma over so they can all go explore this together and Jake and, and Jake himself he's not really happy with the situation because he's like hey man this is like you know I feel he kind of feels like he's they're, they're breaking up the band it's almost like hey we've been with the guys this is this is the guys thing you know there's no girls allowed right now but you know they're you know the guys like Papa and Kevin they're actually they're going through the transition where they want to be with girls you know and Jake hasn't really hit that peak where he wants to have the girls brought into the into the clique and they're bringing the girls into the clique and it's kind of making him feel a little tight about the situation so they go out and they go to this uh, abandoned building somewhere they don't really say where it is but i'm sure it's on the other side of town they kind of go and they you know got my issue with them and Gemma with them and kevin and jake they're kind of going to this place and they're there and they're trying to figure out what's going on because they figure out they heard that this place was hunted and they're there and they're going going around the the, the upstairs and it's dark and they have the flashlights and everybody's kind of like on on edge 
And as they're there, they figure out something's going on that the, the power gets cut off. Everything, everything happens. I have, they have all, everything goes dark and all of a sudden uh, something drops down and they're all scared and they're running downstairs and they, they figure out like, oh, oh, what's going on? He's just, oh man, y'all tripping. You know, this it's just a blackout. And they're like, how you know? It's like everybody's tweeting about it. So that's where they come into fold where they like, oh man, we need to get back to, you know, the other side of town. But it's like, man, you know, with the blackout right now, the, the surcharges for the Uber is going to be crazy expensive. So and so Gemma, she doesn't really know about the, the trap and the hood and things like that because her dad has money. So she lives on the good side of town and she's like, oh, we'll just walk. And he was like, no, you can't walk in this neighborhood, man. You know, these these gangs, these gangsters, they'll kill us, man. They, they got all these 63 mafia. They'll kill us. So they'll do this and they do that. And so she's not really adjusted to the street life. She doesn't know how the street life is because she doesn't come from it. But everybody else knows that Papa, Maia. Kev and, and Jake, they all know about the streets because that's the side of town they come on and they know, hey, we can't be just walking around these streets in a blackout, man. We can easily be shot and killed out here in the street, but she doesn't care. So she just takes off the walking and then all of a sudden you see Kev kind of run behind her and now they're out in the streets and she kind of feels and she kind of sees what they were talking about because as they walking down in different different neighborhoods, you know, some of these gangsters and you know, the hustlers, they getting at them. They kind of saying, what are you doing over here? Get off our block, you know, kind of trying to put fear in them. And she now, she she sees what they're talking about because she doesn't come from that world. So she doesn't really know, you know, the, the, how things goes down out in the streets when the sun goes down. You know, if you're not from the block, then you don't really know how that goes. So in my hood, we it's been like that, you know, in my neighborhoods. And, and so, you know, different neighborhoods to kind of go to and not go to because you know what's going on in those blocks. And so you kind of stay in your territory and you don't quite go out, go out your territory because you could easily, you know, get jumped on and get beat up or whatever the case may be. You know, they know that they know how that goes. And so they're trying to let her know, but she just doesn't care because she's, you know, saying she's in her own world. And until she comes into reality and kind of shows how the street life is, she's going to have have a rude a rude awakening so as the show continues to progress we kind of see a little bit more of uh, Emmett's mom we kind of see where Emmett's mom is kind of trying to you know venture out and date we know she's got the she's already had the masseuse to come through and break off before she's done the speed dating so she's now you know dating this guy that she works with you know they go out you know they try to have a good time and now she's going to meet his parents at this barbecue or cookout whatever they got going on and so she's there you know they already have an interracial uh relationship so they go to the cookout and she's just kind of sitting down and she's talking to his mom and his brother and they are like grilling her and giving her the third degree and it was like oh and they asking her does she speak spanish they don't and she doesn't speak spanish so and then all of a sudden they start speaking in spanish so i think that's like a disrespectful thing for them to do in front of her when they know that she can't speak spanish so that makes her feel uncomfortable and they kind of talk to her about hey you know she's better do you do you know about his wife and and they're like he's like what wife he has a wife um she didn't he didn't he didn't mention that he had a wife so Tomei's family is kind of grilling her and letting her know, and that makes her very uncomfortable that they have like an inside track of his life. Of course they do, but at the same time, they're telling her things that she doesn't know about him that she would have probably had rather for it to come out from him, that she that he was once married. So she's in the bathroom, she's trying to do her positive affirmations, like she's beautiful and you know, those great things that you try to tell yourself to kind of get yourself back up on the horse because they basically knocked her down when she was uh, out there at the bar barbecue sitting out and they were just giving her the third degree and so she's all upset about that because she should have got the information that he had a wife previously before him but as she as she runs away and he's she's all uptight about it you know tell me has come out and talked to her and they have a conversation about why didn't you 
tell me that you had a wife and he's like well i didn't want it to you know to spoil it because she's passed away and she's a relief that you know that he doesn't have a wife that he's separated from where it didn't come off that way it just came off as man how insensitive are you and she was just like no i'm just kind of you know i was kind of relieved that you basically are not you know separating you have somebody else you just stringing me along but you no know, i know she i know that she's passed away and he didn't want that to affect her or scare her or run her off which is understandable you don't want to just get in a relationship with somebody and all of a sudden you just tell them hey i was married and my wife passed away so he wasn't really ready to you know share the information with her but he knew he didn't know that his parents was going to do that because as he said there have been the parents have never accepted anybody else besides the woman that he married that has now passed away and so with him bringing her around that must be a big deal for him he feels comfortable enough to bring him around around her around his family so you know that is something that he has to you know they have to move forward from and, and see how the relationship go from there because she felt very uncomfortable that they were kind of bringing something up about him that she didn't that she didn't know and so now that she knows everything is probably going to be a little bit more coping study with their relationship and we get back to Emmett. you know Emmett's he's definitely been out here hustling trying to do this uh this this late night you know hustling food catering business at sunny shop you know when sunny shop shuts the doors down you know Emmett and Dom they come in and do some cooking and serving food they're hustling out of Emmett's kitchen you know you know I mean out of Sonny's kitchen and so they got the business up and going but they definitely still need some help and as the blackout happens they they're in the middle of the cooking situation and they got customers in the, in the door and they didn't want to lose out on the money so Emmett come up with the hair brand ideas like hey we're just gonna cook outside and so they're outside cooking Keisha has moved the whole operation outside they're cooking they're jamming they got the music going the vibes feeling good and then all of a sudden see a young lady come up and Emmy's kind of you know you know talking to her being cordial with her you know letting her know about the food and the specials and the things that are going on and all of a sudden Dom comes over to him he's like hey I need you over here man let me holler at you real quick and he's like no I'm talking he's like no let me holler at you real quick and so he, he pulls he pulls basically pulls Emmett to the side let him know like hey do you know who that is and he's like nah I don't know who that is and she's like man that's um that's so and so so and so she has she's like a food critic she goes to a lot, a lot of different foods and she writes about this on her blog and you know that's her you know that's a, she has a big um he, she has a big pedestal that she has a young, had a young lady on because she knows that if she writes good about the food then the food could go you know to, to explode their business but if she writes bad about the food then they can actually doom them and kind of put them in put them in the graveyard because like her, her voice carries a lot of weight in the city when it comes to the food and the things that she like and so Emma's like what are you what are you talking about why wouldn't I give her some food he's like man I'm not this is my and, and Dom's like she takes pride in her cooking and she's like letting her know like hey this is not my best work this is not my best work like I want to have my best work put out for me and so I put my best foot forward when I'm going out here cooking but you got me cooking out here in the dark we are in the blackout and I'm just out here on the grill she and, and he, he and Dom and Dom's like look I gotta have this the way I want it she wants to have the perfect situation so that when she gets that review she gets a great review so with that being said Emmett kind of slips a plate off the table he slides it over to the to the food critic and he gives it to her on the low and let her know like hey eat this because he has confidence in the food and he knows that she can throw down in the kitchen so he's not worried about it and he sees it as an opportunity for them to kind of get put on the map 
So I think this is a, a, a chance for them to kind of grow their business because they get gets the word out. You know, it's one thing that the neighborhood knows you, but if you want to, you know, grow your business, you have to have, you know, you have to have somebody amplify that for you to speak on your behalf to say, hey, I had, a, you know, you have a big time creator to come in and talk about your food and talk about it good. People see that. People see it on the social media, and then they be like, oh, that's the next big thing in the neighborhood that people are going to, and you want to be a part of. It. You had that FOMO. You had a fear of missing out. So you want to go and be a part of that. You want to eat that food because we're always looking for some good food to eat so he knows that this review could definitely you know change their change their their life as far as their hustle and they no longer could possibly be hustling out the kitchen late night they can almost kind of you know get that get that business and get the business up and going they can kind of venture out on the, on their own and as we see that the the blackout has basically you know is ravaged the whole city and you you kind of get the spin back to keisha and what's keisha doing and so she's in the basement and you know the the blackout's now out and she noticed that the cameras are not active anymore and so she's trying to figure out how to get out of there and then you see her just frantically in the house in the basement trying to get out hit the windows and all the doors and stuff like that and she's like and i'm like keisha just take your time be patient think don't be don't be emotional which you can't really you can't really tell somebody that because you're talking through the screen but in the moment she's just like acting and she's doing a great job of just being a 16 year old she's scared and she sees her chance and she's just freaking out she can't get out and so she takes a moment she she thinks and she stops and she sees that there's something on the floor that could possibly bang the door so she's like got the, she got the um the, the i think she knocked over a a shelf or something she knocked over a shelf or something and she takes the piece of the shelf that's knocked over and she's now like banging she's banging on the door banging on the door banging on the door and you kind of see her kind of going through that motion of, of trying to get the door open prying the door open and she finally gets the door open bang 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 the door opens up and then she kind of runs out and then you see her kind of like go to the upstairs and and then you go to the upstairs of the of the basement she realizes she's in the basement and she's like banging on that door but you know the whole time there has to be somebody who, who the guy the kidnapper who was watching her on that is trying to get back to her because he knows that she's in the house and the cameras are down he can't see what she's doing so he's running back to her and so what i do is i cut you off on that and give you the last little bit of the information on how you know what happened to Emmett and Dumb at their party. So they're at the blackout. Back to they back to the blackout. You know they they, they switches back up to the blackout and they show us that how they're getting down to get with the party. And so Sunny walks up. So Sunny now knows that they're you know have a party going on at his establishment at nighttime while he's going and he's talking to Emmett like, hey, what the hell's going on? Why all these people out here? You know, he's like, Emmett just doesn't have an answer. He's like, oh, you know, the food went, you know, the, the power went out. And so, you know, we didn't want the meat in the kitchen to go bad. So we're going to try to come out. And, and, and Sonny's like, hey, don't lie to me, man. I know what's going on. I know what you've been doing. I know what's going on. But I, I took you in as my own. I felt you. I felt you. I felt like you was my son. I wanted you to tell me the truth. I already knew what was going on, which I felt Sonny probably already knew. Because if he if he's been winning that neighborhood forever, he knows and he's heard that at some point somebody has told him that, hey, man, there's somebody cooking in your kitchen you know late night the food's probably good he's probably been hearing about it because the neighborhood has been eating there late night and so Sonny's like has to know like hey man i'm not cooking in my kitchen late night and he's probably knowing because he was already on him early in the episode by not leaving the windows open when he left the night before so there was an indication earlier in the show to let him know like hey i know something's going on in my kitchen but i've been waiting for you to kind of come out and tell me and so you know Sonny wanted to give him that give him that rope to kind of let him know like early episodes like hey look the windows weren't open you didn't you didn't air out the place before you leave 
And so he was trying to get get Emmett to tell him at that moment what was going on to get him to let him know what was going on. And he knew that what was going on, but he just wanted to have him the opportunity to tell him man to man before he come out and see it. But so Emmett never said it. So now they're in the they're at the party and Sonny's there talking to him. He's like, look. I already know what's going on. I thought you were going to tell me. I thought you were going to be a man about it. I thought I felt you as, you know, I thought you were, I, I groomed you and thought you were my son. I felt you as if you were my son. I treated you like my son, but you didn't come to me as a man, you know, and let me know what was going on. And that really broke Sonny, you know what I'm saying? Because Sonny had really high, high hopes for him because he was hoping that one day that Sonny could possibly, I mean, that, that Emmett could possibly maybe take over the store one day or take over the restaurant one day. But, you know, Emmett being Emmett not going about things the right way. When he should have been up front with Sonny from the beginning, like, hey, I have this opportunity, this girl, she can cook, she can throw down in the kitchen, and, you know, saying, I've been doing this. But, you know, you know, just him being him, he didn't go about it the right way. He tried to be slick and try to be sly about it, and he got caught, and Sonny was just completely destroyed. And he basically told, he kind of broke off the relationship right there and just told Sonny, told him to go his separate way, and he was done, and to get everybody off his lot and shut it down. But I think what that, that critic, that food critic going to do for them, you know, me just taking a guess of what could possibly happen in the future with him not working at the shop, not working at the kitchen anymore. You know, they can probably move their establishment somewhere else. And now that they have the the recommendation from the the food critic to let them know how good the food is, they can possibly go on and um, and, and start the restaurant somewhere else and kind of keep up with that momentum that they were they were having. And so we we kind of you know fast forward a little bit further, we see Jake, you know, trying to you know get on the same, trying to get with Perry, you know, you know, basically the guy who's been you know, took him in as a you know adopted father he's kind of in the room with them and they're kind of listening to music and you know he's letting them know like you know Duda's basically letting them know like you know this is the type of music that I'm into this is what we're doing he's doing some late night stuff and so Duda gets a gets a, a interruption from a guy and say hey there's somebody outside you know, he gets his jacket on and Jake said, oh, can I go with you? And he's like, oh, yeah, come on. And so they go out back and he figured out there was a guy that was spray painting his uh, his signs because he was running for mayor. And he was basically for Lena, you know, her character for being mayor and let him know he's not, you know, he's not for the city. And so Duda basically roughs him up and beat him up. And it kind of puts fear into into Jake because Jake's probably never seen him like that because, you know, Duda was really beating the guy up and Jake was kind of scared. So you see Jake kind of takes off and he runs and he goes across town and you wonder where he's running so he ends up runs into his brother's house and he runs into his arms and then you see him kind of cut the scene so to finish it off i go back and show you about what was happening to keisha so keisha was basically she beat on the first door she got out of the basement and now she's running up the stairs to trying to get out the the extra door that was leading out to the house and so she beats on that door and she finally gets out and we're like all right keisha let's do it you're a track star you got the track uniform on the guy who's kidnapped you he has a lot of track suits in the room you're wearing this you wearing the outfit you weren't wearing the same outfit that you got kidnapped in because you was actually about to go out and hit the town you have on your track suit from when you were in high school so we know that it has to be something somebody from your neighborhood that knows about you and they knows about the track team because they have you in your track clothes that you have so when you break the door down let's go let's get it so she's so out of breath and she's so elated and she's so excited that she got out the house she goes down on the ground and she's breathing in sigh of relief instead of doing the the real action thing was to get up and run and hit the streets running instead she's on the ground gasping in excitement that she's kind of out and she's free and all of a sudden the guy who had her kidnapped he comes out of nowhere he scoops her up and she starts to scream but he has a mouth around her he has he has her hands around her mouth and running 
he's already out searching for her because he's made it his mission to find her because he's you know he's he's now baptized and he's trying to do right by his grandmother because he told his grandmother that he was going to he was on the right track and he was and he was going to try to help find that young girl and he was going to make that his mission so he's out searching for her and he hears somebody scream as Keisha, but he doesn't see it. He just kind of hears the mumble of her screaming because the guy who kidnapped her had his hands had his hands over her mouth. And of course, you know, running hurt he heard it, but he didn't know where exactly where it came from. So he's like searching around and the episode goes black. So now we have to just wait for episode six and kind of see what happens with that. So I hope you guys really enjoyed my breakdown of episode five. I kind of get excited about this show because I really think it's written, it's written very well and it's getting, it's going to continue to get better. Um, I think the show is going to continue to grow and continue to grow as a, uh, a leader for the network because um, it's a black cast on the show. And I really believe black cast has an opportunity to be one of the number one shows on that, on that network, you know, I continue to watch the show because I want the show to get the ratings that it has and I want to keep, you know, my black people employed by watching the show and keep the numbers up on the show so we can get more seasons so they can get, you know, more more episodes, you know, we get more season, more time because that keeps them employed. So if you haven't watched the show, give it a chance. Go back, check it out the, the first couple of seasons, get up to now, get caught up. Hopefully that spoiler, if you haven't watched that spoiler alert, then, then spoil it for you. You know, if it did, you know, still go back and check it out. You know, keep watching the episodes, keep tuning in, lock in with me, hit me up on, on, on my DMs or, you know, email me. Let me know if you're watching the show. If you got some of the points that you think I should talk about more, let me know. I'm all here for it. So with that being said, I appreciate you guys listening. Until the next time, this is your boy Frank Nitty, and I'm out. I really hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you'd like to grab some merch, canvas prints for your home or office, or see the full-length video from this episode, please visit dovision.com. Follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at dovisionsf. Also, send me an email of someone you'd like to hear on the podcast at dovisionsf at gmail.com. Also, please join the Dovision Club at patreon.com forward slash dovision for early access to the content and some of the behind-the-scenes look of some of the episodes that I create. While you're listening, don't forget to hit, hit the subscribe button and comment on the podcast as well as my YouTube channel and turn on those post notifications so that you'll be notified each and every time I drop a new episode. Thanks for listening. And remember, collaboration over competition. Until next time, this is your boy Frank Nitty, and I'm out.